This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.08 and you are listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sharmila. First up today, with elections done and dusted, our leaders can actually get to work or, you know, so we hope. Uh, so what should they be focusing on? That's the question. So last week, Aleram actually published an article urging politicians to start focusing on what they call the Rakyat's Agenda. Now, Aleram, of course, is a reform movement that promotes justice, freedom and solidarity. They go all the way back to 1977. If we look at some of the... Um, the calls that they highlighted in that article, um, Aliran essentially says the government should be upholding the dignity and quality of life of the people, promoting equitable and sustainable development and address environmental crises, uh, celebrating diversity and inclusivity, saving democracy and upholding the rule of the law and fighting corruption and cronyism. You know, just some small asks. Small asks indeed, because they also call for reforms towards the election commission and overhaul of the civil service, uh, the establishment of the IPCMC. So a lot of things actually that have been part of the rallying cry for reforms over the last, I want to say, few decades, in fact, um, alongside things that focus on welfare, such as improvements in public health care, education, affordable housing. So they also said that the unity government should focus on presenting a more compelling and inclusive narrative and acknowledge that their current economic model has made many young individuals from low-income households feel anxious and marginalised. So, in other words, it is, I think, just what people have been saying for some time, which is that, okay, so some amount of politicking was inevitable in order to ensure that the unity government um, is, it remains the unity government. Uh, some amount of politicking was uh, a matter of course because the opposition were going to campaign and push out certain narratives in order to try and gain traction. But now those times are past. Technically, we are now in a state of stability in which we should be seeing a focus on governance. Yeah, and I think a lot of these um, issues that they've highlighted actually go back to even before this current spate of elections, right? Because the um, pandemic, for instance, the ch rapid changing of governments, all meant that a number of these is issues either remained stagnant or fell by the wayside. And so I think this is actually a very um, relevant and well-timed call to basically go back to the business of governing. So we'd like to hear from you. Uh, what should the government's priority be? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. You can send a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine and tweet us at BFM Radio. After this, we're going to be speaking with an executive committee member at Aliran, Mary Magdalene Pereira. So do keep it here on the evening edition, BFM eighty nine point nine. Break from mediocrity, BFM eighty nine point nine. It is 5.13 and you're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sharmila. We are talking today about a call for politicians to start focusing on the Rakyat's agenda and to stop politicking, essentially, uh, that's been put forward by Aliran. We'd like to hear from you. What should the government's priority be? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Speaking with us now about this is is Mary Magdalene Pereira, Executive Committee Member at Aliran. Mary, thanks so much for speaking with us. 
Hi, hi, Lynn, Sharmila. Hi, good Yes, good to speak with you. So, um, Aliran has called for the federal and state governments to focus on what it's uh, naming the people's agenda. Why has Aliran felt it necessary to issue this call? Well, I think it's not a new call. We, we issued it at the middle of last year together with our co uh, our partners, six, uh, five other NGOs and uh, endorsed by more than 50 other NGOs as well. So it's not a new a new thing that we are putting forward. We did do it before, uh, but we thought it was necessary to remind the government about these uh, core issues that we are concerned about, especially during the state elections. Although it was state elections, many people were more concerned about national issues. Uh, you know, some calling it as a national referendum and it's a, um, a vote of confidence or, or a reflection of their support for the federal government. So a lot of local issues were not highlighted or were ignored. So we wanted to bring the focus, uh, we wanted to uh, bring back the focus of the politicians to basic issues that affect um, Malaysians, all Malaysians, all sectors of society, especially those who are underrepresented, uh, those who do not have access to the corridors of power. Do you think, though, that the political tensions between the Pakatan Barisan Coalition and the Perikatan and Perikatan National is likely to dial down, particularly since we do have by-elections coming up? Yes, yes. With the with the uh, was it two or three by-elections that are going to come up soon? Of course, there will be attempts uh, by both sides to uh, manipulate or to take advantage of issues which will push forward their agenda. And uh, we probably can expect more racial, uh, religious, uh, religious rhetoric as well. Uh, and this is why, although you have these these uh, these trends and these, you can expect these things to happen. That's why you need another moderating force. You need people to remind the government about the issues that matter, so that they do not hijack. The, the basic issues that matter and focus on very uh, um, marginal or, or perceived threats, you know, to particular sections of society, but focus on major issues which affect Malaysians in general. So if we look at the specifics of the people's agenda, can you talk to us about its five focus points? Right. So this was what we issued um in the middle of last year, right? And uh, let me just go through them. So we had five basic areas that we focused on. One is to uphold the dignity and quality of life of the people. Number two, to promote equitable, sustainable development and address the climate crisis. Celebrate diversity and inclusivity. Save democracy and uphold the rule of law. Fight corruption and cronyism. So those were the five main areas that we focused on. And this is not new, basically. Many NGOs, many groups have been talking about these issues all those for all these years, right? But we haven't been seeing much progress in terms of reforms. So this is why we felt the need to uh, highlight these issues once again and to work uh, in collaboration with other like-minded NGOs. That's why we had more than 50 NGOs, who about 60 NGOs who worked 
uh, in concert with us. And we also sent it to all our MPs, 222 MPs, we sent it to them before the elections. And we had a series of webinars, uh, five webinars to focus on each of those areas. And at each of the webinars, we had uh, representatives, we invited representatives from all the major political parties. So we had a representative from, uh, from Kaadilan, we had from DAP, uh, we had from um, uh, MUDA. So Undi18 is also one of our collaborators on this uh, uh, people's agenda. So we had uh, representations from also NGOs in Sabah and Sarawak. So we're trying to look at, you know, issues which affect all Malaysians, not just focusing on the West Coast of West Malaysia. Uh, very often the issues that are highlighted are West Coast issues, right? So we're looking at the West Coast, West Malaysia, East Malaysian issues, issues that matter. And we are focusing on groups which are often forgotten in this whole process, you know, of global uh, capitalism, you know, and, and we are entrenched within this capitalist system which we cannot run away from for now. So how do we come up with these reforms which can work, which we can still implement within this global capitalist system. Now, one of the things that Aliran pointed out is the need for the government to not resort to censorship um, or also to try and out-Islamicize past. Uh, mm -hmm. Could you give us specific instances when the unity government did this? Okay, I, su I suppose the first thing that jumps to my mind is uh, the swatch watch issue, isn't it? Is That's the one that that everyone would, would know about and talk about. Um, I mean, uh, it's going, it's, uh, they're, they're taking up a case against the government, the, the, the company involved, and it's very interesting. I'm just waiting to see what's going to come out of that, that court case. Because, and of course, other than that, we have also seen, for example, um, the Minister uh, for Multimedia and Communications, Fami Patsil, that was uh, reported to have issued a threat, a threatened police action against uh, his critics uh, during a live TikTok uh, event. Uh, then there's also been, um, uh, well, we don't know whether it was actual censorship by the government, but there was outage in a couple of news portals which were perceived as um, leaning towards uh, the opposition. So these are examples. Uh, recently, um, I mean, NGOs have also called for the abolition of the Sedition Act, right? And then we have had ministers, the Minister of uh, Internal Affairs, for example, and uh, recently the former Speaker uh, uh, of the of Parliament, Arif, who's also talked about uh, the need for we, we still need SOSMA, we still need uh, the Sedition Act. So these are things which were promised by the PH-led government, by PH in the last elections in their manifesto. So what we are saying is, now that they have a two-thirds majority in parliament, right? people want to see some more concrete action, more positive moves, more effective uh, changes being made to these uh, manifesto promises which they have made. Uh, some things can be done uh, faster than others. I mean, we, we acknowledge that some things may need more time. For example, as uh, Minister Azalena was talking about how uh, we had asked for the separation of the role of the AG and the public prosecutor. And uh, she said that you'll have to 
like amend 27 laws. Actually, I, I was not aware of that. I thought you, I mean, it's it's not the constitution. If you need a, you need to amend the constitution, you need a two-thirds majority and uh, Senate uh, approval and all. But if it's uh, just ordinary laws, you, you don't, you just need a, a, a simple majority. So we are saying that there are many low-hanging fruits that the government can uh, address immediately and can achieve, you know, some some effective. Uh, we can see some good results, and we are also looking at issues which affect people in their daily lives, which changes and improvements can be made immediately. For example, if you go to a government hospital, what is the wait time? You know, long queues. Can, can something be done about that while waiting to get treatment for certain specific types of treatment? How long do you wait before you get your appointment? You know. Uh, when you go to renew your passport, uh, when you go to the police station, can you make a police report easily without being chased out because you are not dressed appropriately according to somebody's definition? No, these are daily, everyday events which affect people's lives. And if people see changes to things which affect them daily, for example, in schools, whether you have teachers coming to class, are there teachers being absent? Are they actually teaching properly in class? What kind of curriculum? Are the students being given enough help in schools? Is it effective, the, the education system? So changes can be made in these things, which do not take need. This, this, the, many of these things don't need you to go to parliament to change the constitution or change the law. You know, it's just everyday administration, which if you have the right leadership in the federal ministries and uh, the right people, competent people in the civil service, People with integrity in the civil service, it can be done quite easily and quite uh, fast, you know. So, considering the diversity of the Malaysian electorate, what narrative uh, does Aliran want to see promoted, and which segment of the electorate do you want it to appeal to? Aliran has always stood for uh, solidarity, for multiracialism, for justice, for peace. Um, so, what we want is justice for all sections of the population. And uh, of course, in, in our present system, I mean, democracies are imperfect, right? Everywhere, democracies are imperfect. And especially when you have uh, indirect representation like what we have now, where there is no direct participation of people in decision-making and policy-making and so on. So there are, very, there are many limits to uh, what the government has been doing. So people who do not have access to power or sources of power are the ones who are left out. So we are we are more concerned about marginalized groups. We are not concerned about the 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 uh, uh, property developers, you know, <laughs> the ones who can do it on their own. They don't don't need government to to uh, to uh, vouch for them or to to uh, fight for their rights. All right. We are looking at the marginalized groups, the oppressed groups, the ones who are uh, basically do not have access to sources of power, and therefore they should be adequately represented. Uh, the government has come up with a lot of programs, but there's also evidence that many of these benefits are not reaching the target groups, right? It's not because there's, there's uh, elite capture of public resources, right? So along the way, it gets siphoned off somewhere. So we cannot just look at how much is the government spending, what is the expenditure, what is the uh, financial outlay. 
that is not an effective measure of public policy. We have to look at policy outcomes. You have spent so much, what have you achieved at the end of it, right? Within the six month period or within the one year, whatever, right? There, there should be regular evaluation. So is our civil service up to it to do it? All right, so we need to, I've written about this before, we have to deconstruct the civil service. Uh, we have to make, I mean, we need the civil service to be able to deliver whatever the government has promised or whatever the government says. So their policies may look very good on paper, but when it comes to implementation, how well is it being implemented? Is it reaching the groups that really need help? And there are many groups that need help, right? Uh, of course, the majority Malay population would be the the dominant group here in terms of poverty levels, the East Malaysian uh, groups who are below the, who are in the B40 group, very often left out. The, the, the ones in the, in the interiors, they have no access to all these kind of benefits, right? And uh, it cuts across race and religion. People focus on just race and religion, but a lot of these things, there's so much of intersectionality involved, right? Women, Single mothers, women are at, at, the, at the losing end more than many other groups, all right? So we have to look at all these things, right? And, and I hope in the process, we do not also forget the stateless people, the ones who, you know, who are stateless, basically. And uh, what about the migrant workers who are here, you know, whether they are documented or undocumented, they still deserve to be treated with dignity and their basic rights need to be protected. So these are the things. So Aliran's focus on is on justice. And we want to ensure that, I mean, we want to put the government on their toes, like, keep them on the toes to make sure that they do pay attention to these groups. Mary, thank you so much for speaking with us this evening. Welcome. It's a pleasure. That was Mary Magdalene Pereira, Executive Committee Member at Aliran, talking to us today about um, an article that was published by Aliran recently urging politicians to start focusing on the people's agenda. And uh, in line with that, we are asking you, what do you think the government's priority should be uh, now that in theory, uh, much of the politicking has been put behind us with both the federal and state elections over uh, that number to call if you'd like to weigh in is double seven double three two nine hundred. You can send a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. You can also tweet us at BFM Radio. Bribe free Malaysia BFM eighty nine point nine, the business station. It is 5.38 and you're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sharmila. We started off our show today by talking about the what the government should be focusing on now that, in theory, the big federal and state elections are done. Um, so we are asking you, what do you think the government's priority should be? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. So. From the messages so far, I will say that there's not an awful lot of confidence uh, from people <laughs> that the government will, in fact, be focusing on people and not themselves. No. So Cheryl straight up just says, I see that the whole government uh, led by PMX will be heavily involved in the upcoming by-elections. 
that's the government's priority. So this is interesting because I, I wonder, Cheryl, how much of this has to do with what gets reported. Because I think when we talk about what we perceive the government to be doing, right, increasingly how the media reports on it is something that is mm. an element of the conversation that needs to be addressed. Because if you feel that the government is always doing this, is it because the media is consistently reporting on this and not necessarily on the ongoing programmes that are running? I'm not saying you're wrong, by the way, just that I think... Um, when thinking about why are they always talking about this, it's worth asking, is it just because it's always been reported on? So Shah, meanwhile, is pointing out how the existence of a strong opposition inevitably shapes some of these things, right? So Shah is saying... Um, Aliran is daydreaming to look into these far-fetched areas. Pass's agenda is um a pass's agenda is very specific. So they should actually be focusing on just getting the crucial laws passed. So Aliran should be pushing for the separation of the AG and the prosecutor's office, uh, the abolishment of SOSMA, the MACC coming under parliament, and other reforms like reforming the pension system for MPs. Get this done before it's too late. Anwar Ibrahim will be doing a great favor for Malaysian for the Malaysian public. So Shah. To be fair to Aliran, um, there was a lot of talk in our interview about the variety of things that they're pushing for, right? But a lot of what you are talking about, um, in other words, the MACC, um, the question even of the separation of, of AGC, things like that, are issues that have come up. They, they are actually pushing for it. It's part of it. It's just that um, in conversation earlier, we also looked at the different aspects of the agenda that they were touching on, which others are pointing to as well. So for example, John says, health is an important domain uh, to access for the rakyat, to ensure um, unreasonable profit margins by manufacturers and distributors, health equipment procurement must be done through open tenders and publicised widely. So I think that's to ensure that unreasonable profit margins don't happen. Yeah, and, and to be honest, the call to make our healthcare system more sustainable has been on the cards for a while now. Multiple um, multiple health ministers from different administrations actually have pointed it out. Um, and I do think that once the dust settles, I'm hoping actually that it continues to be the priority. In closing for now, Madi says, post-election, the water is muddy. The government must clear the water and get to the root of the thing. Um, in other words, revamp the education system, improve the economy and implement MA63 for Sarawak and Sabah. Well, I mean, those are some pretty big areas and I would say that, yeah, those are pretty important things to look at. So I think at this point, it might behoove us uh, to take a look at the components of the government and what the various components are in are aligned on and what they are not. Because mm. what they're aligned on is likely to happen. What they're not aligned on um, are the ones where we are going to see this the separation or not necessarily that push despite that two-thirds majority. Because um, we had... Rajiv Rishikaran, Bukit Gassing State Assembly person in the other day, and he was talking about exactly that um, in answering a question about local government elections and saying that, well, it's something that the that Pakatan has been calling for for a very long time, but it's not necessarily something, or rather it's it's not something that Barisan is aligned with. And therefore, you aren't necessarily going to see that getting pushed through and that maybe that's just a political reality. Yeah, but I would think something like, improving the economy is something that 
should should in theory bring people together. Yes, uh, but where, how though? How is one thing. The other yeah. thing is what I was reacting to in Madi's message was revamp the education system. Ah, that one, yes. I think the how is going to get even more complicated. But anyways, uh, let us know what would you like to see the government prioritize now that in theory they should be getting down to work because we have been watching them talk for a while now in the lead up to the various elections. Um, that number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine. Double eight, double nine, and tweet us at BFM Radio. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM eighty nine point nine, the Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.